whole thing happened, but it was just crazy because we didn't expect it at all. But the the response was so right. strong that it just kind of created the whole thing. And for reference, you're you're a small to medium sized probably we'll get to maybe we could say boutique yeah. in that room. Yeah. For for reference, like sixty of a pedal versus sixty of like um, a flagship. Like, what are we talking about in terms of like how many astronomers you put out versus how many fathers? Like, how astronomical is that in relative terms? Astronomical. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, I mean, so like when we launched the astronomer version two, we sold through a hundred in less than two weeks. Mm-hmm. We sold through sixty of the father in like less than twenty four hours. I think less than ten hours. Like, sold super fast. So for for us, that was very fast. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, since then, I know you've done The Fool. I bought that mm-hmm. one. It's fun. Um, what other... Yeah, The Fool we're actually going to do every single year. Oh, really? And it's going to be something completely different every year. <laughs> oh, no. Um, oh, so, so for those who don't know, basically The Fool was, I said, hey, I'm going to do a pedal. Um, it's going to be completely new, but I'm not going to tell you what it does. I'm not going to show you the art. And I'm not going to tell you what any of the knobs do. So basically, all you knew was that it was called The Fool. And it was launching on April Fool's. It's a bold move, Cotton. Right? And uh, and so I think we sold through about the same as The Father. We sold through a lot of those really fast, um, which is a total credit to the group. And I think everyone had so much fun with The Father that they were totally game for it. So we sold through everything before we even showed the art. And I think we showed the art before we shipped it. I think... I think we did, mm-hmm. but we didn't get any sound bites, any demos, nothing. So like everyone who ordered it would find out collectively, kind of together at the same time where they opened it and actually got to play it. Right. People were posting those videos that had no sound. Just no sound. <laughs> I was doing that. I was like, "All right, guys, finally I broke down. Here's a demo," right. yeah. and it just had no sound. That's fine. Yeah, which everyone, <laughs> of course, loved. Uh, but which no, that one was me. super fun, and we're just gonna do that every year. It's gonna be something totally unique, new. You're not going to know what it is. You just have to get in and try to get one of the limited runs before it's sold out. Nice. Doing wonders for my anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> every year. Yeah, every year. That's going to awesome. be awesome. New tradition. Jinx. Yeah. <clears throat> um, what about the resale value of those pedals? Um, just to kind of get into to flipping a little bit. But yeah. the father has sold for... What, $700? Is Something selling? absurd like that. I know it was listed for that. I don't know what the actual selling price was, but... I, I've officially know someone pays like 400 for one. Wow. Uh, I've seen listings for, for really high amounts. Um, in terms of flipping, I'm not necessarily... So it really, you, you, I don't think you can just say flipping. Like, I feel like there's different aspects to it, right? Uh, hit me with it. There's like the dark side... And there's the light side. Yeah. So, like, I have no problem with someone buying something and enjoying it and then realizing, oh, this has more value than what I paid for it. I should cash in on that. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. You've got it. You've bought it to enjoy. Right. And down the line, a week, two weeks, whatever, you've decided to sell it for money. I, I'm fine with that, right? I don't so much appreciate the people who, who only do it to make money because essentially they're just to not be you know kind they're leeching off of companies right. to try to make profit and I don't think that is respectable necessarily mm-hmm. um, they're you know because they deprive people who actually want to enjoy the pedal and mm-hmm. they're they're basically um, capitalizing 
capitalizing on that. I mean, it's almost like blackmailing in the sense of like they buy it and they say, well, I you can it have first. it if you pay. Yeah, it's same thing with scalpers it's and everything. Scalpers, yeah. Yeah, exactly right. like t ticket scalpers. And I think people who do that don't think it's the same. You know, mm -hmm. I think if you were to say like, what do you think? To a person who does that, what do you think of ticket scalpers? They would, they would maybe be like, well, yeah, I mean, that's not cool. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, people think it's different when it comes to pedals, and I think it's kind of the same thing. Well, in response to ticket scalpers, a lot of performers, well, some performers, who were, had been selling all of their tickets for the same price, front row 50 bucks, last row 50 bucks, changed their whole pricing structure. Okay, yeah. well, if you're willing to pay 250 bucks from a scalper to sit in the first 10 rows, why don't I get that money? Yeah. Has, has that thought ever crossed your mind? Um, it's it's crossed my mind, um, and unfortunately, the industry hasn't forced its way that way. I mean, that's what people like that don't really understand. Um, is they're looking at a short term sh short term gain. You know, they're just trying to make a quick buck, but they don't realize the long term effect it has on the industry because that's what happens. You start eating into people, you know, and they want to start, you know, it changes the industry and it just kicks up prices and kicks up prices. Right. Um, I don't ever want to do that. I actually will just ban you from buying a limited run. Mm -hmm. If you're a chronic abuser, if you're someone who does it, I'll just instantly refund your order and you get your money back and mm -hmm. I have the right to refuse service. So They're doing that to scalpers too. Yeah. 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 So, and, and that's just the best way to do it because then, because otherwise, um, everyone who, uh, abides by the rules, still suffers. Mm -hmm. So right. I, I don't want them to suffer just because other people are taking advantage of the system. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's. I feel like it's different than buying a used pedal. Like, a long time ago, I picked up a, a Chase Bliss Spectre for 100 bucks. Super crazy steal. And I ended up selling it for 250 260 somewhere there. Totally. Yeah. And that's... But it's like, I, I bought it and with the intention of selling it. But it's not like that's a hard-to-find pedal or not... A limited run, so there's a very different aspect to yeah. That I think there's gradients to it, you know. I mean, it's no different than someone who, um, you know, antiques or thrift shops. You know, they right. find stuff and they and they turn around and sell it. And there and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think so either. I think for me, the real problem comes down to like limited runs, mm -hmm. or there's only so many of them that be made. Period. Right. You know, um, if it's just a production run pedal, you know, like someone could still come back and buy it from me at the normal right. price. But with limited runs, they don't get that chance again. You know, they don't, they can't get it right. any other way. Mm -hmm. It'd be awful if I was wanting one of the fathers and like order, and then it's like, oh, it's sold out. Yeah, which happened. A lot of people were upset that we and I, I because I said we're only going to do this many of them. We only did that many of them. Right. And a lot of people were really bummed that they missed out. And I really wanted to make more. But because I had made that statement and that right. promise, like I didn't want to cheapen, because I feel like to the people who did order it, it would it it, it might would cheapen you know the right. experience for them because it's not as limited as it was. Yeah. Right. So I try to be more careful about that nowadays. I don't necessarily say, okay, we're only going to make these. It's still limited, mm -hmm. but we might change the color or something. We we'll do something different if we make more. But these are the only ones that be made like this. So we're never going to see another run of the father ever. Never. Never. Crazy. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I think there was another pedal builder recently who did, they said they were going to do just a certain number of pedals and they hit that number and they said we're going to do that many pedals again and mm -hmm. as long as people were buying them. So people got in thinking, oh, I'm going to be one of X number of people who right. has this. And then suddenly that's times two, times three, times four. It yeah. kind of almost 
takes away that chase or that idea. I think a lot yeah. of people still collect things to have them and to be the person who has them. And whether or not that's, you know, maybe the best way to look at products, it's, a, it's definitely a way to look at consumption of things. Yeah, and, and there, there's a lot of factors when it comes to that. Like, for me, if I was going to do more of something, I would completely change the art or the knobs or do do something to where it was still very different so that the original batch was still really special. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, you look at, like, you know, King of Tone, you know, stuff like that, and people don't really, you know, like, right. there's such high demand for them that to just get one, right. people feel special. Yeah. So then it, 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 there's so many different factors that really contribute to it. But, well, it's yeah. like the King of Tone is Birkin bags of, of the guitar world industry. Yeah. I mean, it's that thing where you... You're on a waiting list for five years, yeah. unless you know somebody or unless you want to pay. Like you, yeah. you can buy an Hermes Birkin bag. Everyone who loves guitars loves to talk about Birkin bags. You can, you really can. You can go to a store, and sometimes you can find one. Sometimes you can't. Usually, you're put on a waiting list. Um, or if you have twenty thousand dollars, yeah, right, just casually yeah. laying around. Oh, oh, oh yeah. you know what? I, you can talk to you can talk to an importer. That's my gear fund for the month. Yeah. I was gonna buy my kid a car, but. Do that next oh, month. Oh, he's a little late. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's just, that's nothing wrong with that. It's just a different way to to, con, to be a consumer and to support yeah. the industry in whatever way you can. Yeah. All right. Mama shark doo doo doo. So let's talk about the Matthews Effects Innovators Group. Um, yeah. Did you start that or did a fan start that? Yeah, no, I actually started it. Uh, there was multiple moments in the life of Matthew's Effects where I wanted to start it, but I never knew at what point, you know, what, what point does it stop being a pretentious thing and start being like a legitimate thing where we have customers who actually want to talk together and everything like that. Um, and so I finally, you know, I finally caved and just did it to just see how people would respond. And it grew super fast, um, which I think has a lot to do with just the style that I kind of was talking about earlier with just like, I really want people to be engaged. I would really want them to feel connected and like actually feel like they're a part of the brand rather than it just being this this separate brand. Like I always think back to how like uh, street teams used to be for bands, you yeah. know, and like that is like just that's what I always aim for is like the point where people are like wearing patches. And they're like, yeah, I'm like you know the California. Mm-hmm. You know, part of the the squad. So yeah, pins and yeah, pins and everything. Like Maybe which I little zines. Yeah, yeah right. Cut kind of the side of their head. <laughs> which I feel like we're never done to be able to get back to that place. You know, again. But like that's what I really aim for in terms of like I want people to right. feel like they're a part of it and have pride. You know, about the brand and everything. So right, people did, and and it's just kind of grown from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's amazing to me about your gear group compared to other gear groups that are brand specific is people largely seem to stay on topic they really are talking it seems largely about your pedals and not it hasn't just turned into some weird meme sharing factory yeah, right. there's definitely a, a place for those in yeah. the heart. but uh it's very on track and definitely seems right. to be loyal and do you think that your accessibility with that group is a part of that um i think so um people always comment like like you know, Rick, when do you ever sleep? You're, like, always on here. Which just feels normal to me, because, and maybe I have an addiction. Maybe I have a problem. <laughs> maybe I'm on there way too much. Um, but, so, I, I, I don't know, like, how often other builders spend time 
on groups and stuff like that, trying to connect with customers, but, like, my phone is always on, it's always buzzing, and I'm always trying to comment and engage with people. So I, I think they do feel like they can actually ask questions and get a response. Um, and I do feel like it's almost a, it's almost like a, a group chat where it's me and everyone that's in the group, rather than it's, because a lot of the times... I'm on every single post. So I feel like people don't necessarily feel like they have to ask questions in general. Like, how do I do this? They can actually be like, hey, Rick, how do, how do I do this? And I'll be like, I don't want to do this. And um, so I, I hope it's something special. I, I think it's something special. Yeah. Well, you didn't answer the question, though. Do you sleep? Do I sleep? I do a little bit. A little you know? bit. Yeah. yeah. Like four hours? I'm kind of like, I'm just like Batman, you know? Okay. Yeah. Or yeah. Prince. Yeah. <laughs> Prince, yeah. <laughs> Nice. Um, let's see. It's almost like you've got a toddler. I don't. <laughs> I do have three dogs. That'll do it. Yeah, they definitely do it. Yeah. Is is the enthusiasm in the group ever a little overwhelming? Um, a little bit. Um, I think that kind of comes with. I mean, like I said, the whole point is for people to feel engaged and like they're a part of the company. So sometimes people lose perspective that they're not necessarily part of the company or that, you know, like there's a personal space bubble. Right. Um, so there's a, there's a little bit of an aspect to that, but generally everyone is super positive and, and they usually just want to, you know, like say like, Hey, and like, I really enjoy the company and stuff like that. So really I just try to like always keep it positive in the group, always keep it like directed towards like, let's just talk about gear and have fun. Um, it definitely is humbling, you know, cause like, especially like here. So in the Tri-Cities is, is a pretty small town. Right. And so anytime I ever leave the Tri-Cities and go to like a guitar show or anything like that, I'm still like super humbled when anyone knows who we are and like, right. they're like, Oh, I've heard of your stuff. And it's always just like, brings a lot of joy. Cause right. like, I'm here in my little bubble. So to go outside of it is, is always really humbling. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk a, lo- a little bit about your newest release, the Astronomer version 2. It's astronomical. Oh. <laughs> yes. Forget the cowbell, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so um, you said you've been working on that for over a year? Yeah. Um, I mean, inevitably when you launch something, especially if it's something that people enjoy, um, they feel required to give you feedback on how it should be better, which I think is great, you know, which is the whole point and the whole process. And really with all my stuff, I always try to, I always try to be updating and improving everything that we put out. So all of that feedback gets, you know, collected and written down or saved somewhere. And with the astronomer, I really wanted to not change the core features of the pedal that really resonated with people, but just kind of improve it and add some of the features that were just be kind of becoming industry standard, but also just people wanted. So we added, um, you know, the tails or bypass mode. So you can have tails now, or you can have the hard cut before you only had true bypass. So it was a hard cut. We did the hundred percent wet. So you could just get, you know, as deep into the ambience as you wanted. Uh, we lowered the power consumption. That was a, a super cool thing. I was really happy about because before it was 200 milliamps, and uh, no one ever reads the manual. Right. So 
Why is it not working? Tons of emails like, it does this weird thing. It doesn't seem to be, okay, well, how are you powering it? Okay, well, you need to power it with 200 milliamps. Right. Usually it's like the number one resolution to every email I get. <laughs> uh, so I was super happy about that. So it can run on almost everything now, any power supply. Um, we did the external alt switch. So you can not only control it with an external switch, but you could, if you have a smart looper like the Boss ES8 or, you know, some of the, like, the higher-end ones, if it can send an amp signal, mm-hmm. an amp channel change signal is usually how it's referred to in the manual, then you, you can have it change the state and save it to presets. So you can actually do preset selection with it if you have oh. a, a, a smart true bypass looper, which That's is really awesome. cool. Um, and then we added two new algorithms, um, right. which just kind of expanded everything that it could do. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of those is a variation on the Gold Astronomer. Yeah. And one was in the Fool, right? Yes. Yeah, the uh, the one in the Gold Astronomer and the Fool was the same algorithm, um, which I always forget. So, yeah, I think the, uh, the Gold Astronomer was one of the earliest limited runs that we did do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I sometimes forget about that, apparently. But, yeah, what I did was I took that algorithm... And I just tried to tweak it and take, again, take feedback that people had and kind of improve on it. And so it's a modified version of what was in those two, kind of the best parts with a little bit, little bit of improvements. And then a whole new algorithm, um, which I really love, uh, which has a pre-octave before the verb. And so you can kind of mix in this octave up. Um, mm-hmm. before it hits the reverb into right. it, which just gives you these really cool effects and chiny noise and everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's get into that ambient, this giant sound that everybody just loves. Yeah, like yeah. Play one note and just, like, sit and bask. Yeah, yeah, that one has a super long tail. And even, uh, I actually really love that one as a bass reverb without the octave in it at all. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it just really is dark and really, you know, feels like you're sitting in the chasm or something, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So I know Zach has had at least the Astronomer 1.5 and the 2.0. Um, Zach, what did what, what are your thoughts having had both of them? I love them both. I like the V2 way better, and the specific reason has to do with with just having tails. I like tails, mm-hmm. so tails are a good mm-hmm. thing. Um, and the and, and right. the added algorithms are just extra sauce to the to the wonderfulness that is that pedal. <laughs> this of course. You're the king of sauce. <laughs> I am the king of sauce. Saucy, saucy, I have saucy, saucy, saucy tone. Um, <laughs> it's just so good. They were both. They're both very good pedals. The V2 is obviously superior because it's supposed to be. Yeah. Which two? Which two um, algorithms do you use mostly, Zach? I actually have found myself mostly using the dog and the bear mm-hmm. since I've gotten it. Ironically. <laughs> nice. Nice. Awesome. Zach, do you have any questions for Rick about the Astronomer V2? No. It's, it's so good. <laughs> I, I have no questions. I have nothing to complain about. It's just good. Nothing but praise. That's what I like to hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to say one of my favorite comments, just for your, your clap back in the group, was someone was sad that it wasn't a delay with tap tempo. Yeah. Yeah, which... <laughs> I don't remember when I commented back on that. I'm glad I worked a year on that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, 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 I feel like my comment earlier about feedback, I was thinking of that instance. Because 99% of the time, I love it when people give feedback. Because mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, that's how we can improve and make ourselves better. That's the whole point of engagement mm-hmm. is I feel like companies don't do that. And then they just keep making the pedal the same way that they designed it. And other companies make money doing mods off of it. So I would rather just like, let's change the way we do it. Right. But comments like that, when you just launch something, it's like, oh, oh man. Come on, man. Like, I've been working so long. Yeah. You know? Like, oh, I just bought a bike. Well, why didn't you buy a car? Yeah. Well, you know, I bought a bike. Yeah. I'm working on it. Yeah. It makes me go into Eeyore. Yeah. yeah, Eeyore mode. <laughs> there's yeah. definitely helpful feedback and constructive criticism, and then there's something that's just complaining. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's not helpful at all. Yeah. But oh, man. This isn't exactly what me. And only me on this planet <laughs> thought I wanted, and nobody else wants it, but I'm upset that you didn't make it for me. Which, I will also say, if the person who made that comment, I don't remember who it was, listens or watches this, all is forgiven, I don't Nobody's hate you Nobody's mad, it was just funny. Yeah, it's just fun. Yeah. <laughs> You're safe in your uh, anonymity. He knows, I'm sure. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> it wasn't mean. Yeah. But, um, so, speaking of that, what is next? Uh, I can't tell you that. <laughs> well, firstly, congratulations on uh, the new deal with Guitar Center. Thank yes. you, yeah. It's very exciting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we have really exciting stuff with them. A lot of other new dealers were hoping, hoping to be, you know, to do Sweetwater within the next one to two years. That's mm-hmm. like the mountain we're trying to climb right now. Yeah. Uh, so that's super exciting. But we do have a lot of products planned. Uh, I currently have four designs. I'm just trying to decide what the, the launch schedule for them is going to be. Mm-hmm. And then this winter NAM is going to be huge. Yeah. Like, I can't give stuff away, mm-hmm. but it will be the biggest thing we've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be the biggest booth we've ever done, the biggest production, the biggest everything. Everything is going to be bigger. And it's going to be exactly what I'm imagining in my head and exactly what I want. For you personally. So for me personally. Yeah. Yeah, just for you. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the Andrew Renard collection coming this winter. Right. Yeah. If you can make that video. That would be everything in stereo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that yeah. would be everything in stereo. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Even the obsessed. buzz in stereo. It will, um, <laughs> I don't want to overhype it, but it will be a huge changing point for the company. Like, mm-hmm. You guys should definitely tune in. Mm-hmm. For well, let's see if we can make our way down there to go check it out. Definitely. We'll I'll give you guys an interview. All right. Yeah, you guys can we'll come check that. everything out. We're only two and a half hours away, <laughs> all the two of us. Zach would have to fly in yeah. to a regional airport. <laughs> What's yeah, it like it, in Richland in the winter? Uh, well, we would be in Cali. That's Because Winter Nam is in LA. That is true. Yeah. So great tacos. Great tacos. In and out. Oh my gosh. gosh. See, I'm from California, so as soon as I think of California, like In and Out and tacos, I'm just like, where, like, where's the nearest burger place? I know I'm just gonna be disappointed. But there was a after Nam party last year that I sat in the foot area. Mm-hmm. Of an overpacked car to get to, uh-huh. I just kind of curled, curled yep. up, mm-hmm. and uh, drove for like an hour. Couldn't walk afterwards, but those tacos were the best freaking tacos I've ever had. 
It was so worth it. Nice. Yeah. Always. Man. All right. So. I mentioned briefly that I used to work for Guitar Center. Mm-hmm. So super excited that you got the deal. And so the question that came to my mind is, uh, like, where are you going with this company? Where do you want to go in terms of growth? And there's kind of, in my mind, there's two kind of general thoughts of what direction you're kind of headed. There's the analog man. Um, what Mike's doing with his company is he's, it's not blowing up. He's not stalking it. He's very much about, this is exactly what I want to do. This is how we want to do it. I don't want it to be huge. Yeah. Which is awesome. And then there's the Josh Scott side of things where JHS is just completely blown up. Yeah. They're massive. They're sucked everywhere. And the, the, those are the two kind of trains of thought that I think of when um, I think of the boutique pedal world. Yeah. And I'm assuming that you're kind of headed towards the direction of the latter of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was curious, what, what do you want out of the company in five years? So in business and in design, like kind of everything in general... I like to try to do what's unexpected and try to do things differently than the way everyone else is doing it. Because that is the expectation, right? Is you're either going that way or that way. I want to do both. I don't see why we can't have both parts of that industry. You know? And no one else does right now. Definitely my main ambition is to... Like, I love Josh. Like, Josh has been, like, a mentor, like, super helpful, like always available. I can text him anytime. He always helps me out with stuff. Um, But that being said, in a friendly way, I want to dethrone him. Like I want to crush him in the most friendliest, loving way possible. In and out down his throat. Yeah. It's just like, that's, that's just business. Right. And I think, uh, and, and, and that's just like how I am. Like in a friendly way, I think everyone's like that. If you want to be successful in business, you want to do be successful, right? Right. So my goal definitely is to do just as good as they're doing or to even go farther than where they've gone, you know? Right. Uh, but in the same way, I don't want to lose the roots of the company, um, the roots of what has worked for us and I feel like has made our company mm-hmm. special. So I always want to do limited runs. I always want to have the innovators group no matter how big it gets. I always want to feel like people are connected to me personally and mm-hmm. we're doing these these small run things that are, are, are more like fan service, you know, like right. customer service rather than trying to make profit off of it. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's my current thoughts on the future. Yeah, I mean, and you've gone from the back room of your home yeah. to the basement to this really nice shed area that we'll get some more video of, but... You've already grown, it seems, a lot. You have how many people working for you now? Yeah, I have two full-time employees, and my wife does all of our shipping. Um, So I've been super blessed. Like, the company um, has been so instrumental for me over the last couple of years. Um, Unintended. Unintended. Yeah, unintended. I fell into this. I never thought I'd be making pedals. You said instrumental. Oh, instrumental. (laughs) Unintended, yes. But I also never thought I would be making pedals, I never thought, I kind of fell into it, you know, I have no electrical background or anything like that, was always terrible at math, terrible at school, and I just kind of fell into it, and it's just kind of grown organically from there. How'd you fall into it? Um, so I was always super interested in pedals and gear, like I was just, I loved pedals and gear, um, and a company moved to town called uh, BYOC, BuildYourOwnClone.com. Right. Uh, so they're based out of here. And oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, so oh. they're here. And I also had, like, an entrepreneurial spirit, so, like, I 
kind of wanted to get into building pedals, but I didn't know anything. Right. And I got hired there. And Keith, the owner, really like taught me a ton, gave me like a good foundation on things. And then I just continued to expand it and expand it and expand it um, in terms of like what I knew. And I started the company. And it's funny because, you know, like the way we view things is, is very immediate in the now. And so it's really easy for us as humans to see bad things as only bad things. And it's hard to see the overall picture of what's going on. So the same month that I started the company, I got diagnosed with a pretty debilitating autoimmune disease. And so I was pretty much like I couldn't hold a normal job. Um, and so this company allowed me to work from home, make my own schedule and still be able to provide for my family, which was like a huge blessing. Um, and that also gave me, I think, the focus that I need and the time that I needed to actually devote to the company and build it into what it is. And so what, during those five years that I battled it, felt like, you know, the worst thing ever, actually looking back was probably the best thing that could have happened to me because it allows me to do what I love and to now have this company that I get to have fun playing around with stuff in. Hey, that's amazing. Yeah. So I'm super lucky, super, super lucky. And you feel like the whole community has been very inclusive with you with um, the d disorder and what that's... Um, I actually kept it secret for, I would say, three or four years of the five years I was fighting it. Because just last year, I had two major surgeries that basically okay. freed me from all of the symptoms and everything that I was dealing with. So I basically kept it completely secret. Because okay. for me, I didn't want people supporting the company Mm -hmm. out of any type of pity or you know that like like even though it would be genuine where people would be, want to be like oh like I really want to support him you know he's dealing with that stuff I didn't want that at all I wanted it to only be on the merit of the products and like what I was doing and I didn't want people to know it at all um and then within the last like year or two uh I just found like it was just at the point where the company was established and um I was doing more content where I was doing vlogging or connecting with people and videos and stuff like that. And so I ended up just kind of sharing it in a couple different interviews. And, um, and now I just think it's cool cause I want it to be kind of a, like a testimony or a story for people who are dealing with stuff, you know, hard issues that it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. And like, right. if you're determined, you know, nothing can keep you from achieving what you want to achieve. Mm -hmm. And so I try to, Put it out there just for that sake that just like people might get something out of it. Well, we really appreciate that. One of the things that we want to see more of out of the gear community is inclusiveness for everybody who wants yeah. to come to the table. And just it's already this great community where every, there's a lot of people that feel very welcome. And I just really want to see that uh, broadened. Definitely. Yeah. It's just changed so much from when I started buying pedals. Either. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I've mentioned this a few times in a few different places, but I didn't even think about buying pedals when I was a teenager, and I've been playing since I was eight. Yeah. So, and that was partially because I never saw any inclusivity in any advertising for pedals, really. I would say even yeah. the opposite. Like, yeah. it was very demeaning, yeah. you know, um, sexualized advertising that I'm not, sure, like... Yeah, not even just that, but when I looked at the women who play guitar that I did admire a lot or just ever saw, I think the best example I can think of is uh, the Donna's, Alison mm. Robertson. 
she was in an ad for Marshall, and she, the ad was basically people always ask me what pedals I use, and I always tell them I just play straight through my Marshall stack. Mm. Like, well, I don't have a Marshall stack, but maybe I can play straight through this PV or whatever. Yeah. So I just thought, oh, well, she doesn't play them. I probably don't need them. Yeah. So I had a couple, I ended up with a couple boss pedals um, to play specific kind of things, and never really got into them until after college, really. I got back into playing electric guitar, and suddenly these brands were advertising with women. And I was like, oh, that woman I admire, she plays through these pedals. Yeah. And I've got to check them out. Or what's she playing? Oh, it's Earthquaker or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty big on the inclusivity. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. No, I love, I love what they're doing. Those guys are awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I've just found such great guitarists just in general of all kinds. Just yeah. watching demo videos of all kinds of builders and I feel like now I just really love putting on demo videos while I'm working because mm. um, you could just chill out to them. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah we do that often. We'll, uh, I usually put on like the pedal show, mm -hmm. you know, because there's a lot of talking, you know, we have it over like the, the headphones and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. What are some artists that you would love to see playing your pedals? All of them. All of them. All of them. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. We've been super lucky. Uh, you know, like Drew Shirley of Switchfoot plays our stuff. And he's been super awesome. I, I Honestly, it's not so much about, like, what band or act they're in. It's more so, like, like the actual person. Because mm -hmm. the, the sad thing is meeting... Meeting people who, you know, are in big bands or big acts and stuff like that... Um, there's a huge difference between the public image and how they are in person. And sometimes they're not, you know, there's a disconnect between the two. So I more so really, really enjoy meeting artists who are really genuine and really down to earth and who just actually not only want to play our stuff, but actually, you know, want to like help us, you know, mm -hmm. like work together and see each other succeed. Nice. Yeah. Do you ever get people sending you pictures of the, your pedal spotted on someone else's pedal board? Uh, we get that in the group sometimes, yeah. yeah, yeah, which is always so fun. I, I, I still feel like it's rare for me to go to a show and necessarily randomly see someone yeah. using your stuff, but whenever I do, it's like so, so exciting and so. You're like so run cool up on stage. You're using yeah. my stuff. That's like, mine. That's mine. I no, no, that. that's actually mine. No, I mean, give yeah. yeah, and then you just step away, sir. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me just adjust this real quick. <laughs> yeah. You're using it wrong. <laughs> That's not how I intended it in my mind's eye. It's yeah. not enough power running through the strongboard. Yeah. Is that a daisy chain? Yeah. Oh. Uh, sorry. Yeah. I know that was painful. <laughs> Let's talk about you guys. What is this show? <laughs> That's a fair question. We're figuring it out a little who bit. Who are you people? All right. So, who are we? Do you mind if I take the, the, the first stab at this? Go for it. And then... Can we all cross the same way? All right. Here, let me, I just need to make sure that my, my sock's showing here. All right. So we are Get Offset. And how did we come to be? So, so Zach and I are moderators for Worship Guitar Sounds. And we've been connected there for quite a while now. And uh, doing the normal stuff of banning the people that post absurd <laughs> things. We're like, what, why would you... Ban, never come back again. Uh, Getting after purely innocent builders who post things on the wrong day. Right. Which really makes sure to hound you guys. 
just keyboard jockeying, like, no, this isn't this isn't how it works. Um, In other words, gear groups on Facebook. So gear groups on Facebook, and uh, both Zach and I have both put a lot of um, effort into that page. We both really like what that community has become and what it is. Um, we're very happy to continue to be a part of that. But anyway, so in the process of uh, moderating together, he's like, hey, I've noticed that you're um, a standout in terms of what you believe and um, how you act on the interwebs in terms of like, hey, like that's kind of like if someone posts a picture of a board and like, oh, here's an upskirt of the bottom. And I'm like, that's, no, that's not okay. And like kind of, I'm not afraid to be like, yo, dude, that's not cool. Yeah. And so he's like, hey, man, I know you, you feel that way. I know that um, you, you've got a good grasp on kind of why you do what you do. Uh, would you be interested in maybe uh, guest starring on a podcast? And I was like, sure, that sounds like fun. And I, as I continue to dip my toes into this into this community, I'm like, well, maybe a little bit more than a toe. So fine, okay, I'll do it. And in the process of figuring... Um, contacting him he's like oh yeah so emily harris is going to be my co-host i'm like okay cool and then he's like well we haven't really started the podcast yet because that was my next one like i didn't know you did a podcast uh, and he's like and so about a week later it just kind of boiled down to why don't we just all three of us do a podcast and i very realized very quickly what i was getting myself into and it was not at all what he told me up front it was, just, it was like here just following the bread the breadcrumbs yeah and uh and so we got to talking like, okay, well, why do we want to do a podcast? What are we all passionate about? Um, do we just want to do another podcast that just talks about gear? Um, and like, yay, we've talked about gear, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. But there's already so many great people doing that who are more qualified than I am to speak to a lot of the history of pedals and the inner workings. And um, not that I'm dumb, but there's some great folks doing that kind of stuff out there. So like, well, wait a minute we all care very much about the culture mm -hmm. in this community and we really like some of the positive things that we've seen but we also recognize that there are some negatives and at the end of the day it's very well documented that th music influences the culture around us mm -hmm. so much and the culture around this world today is in need of a lot of a lot of love a lot of help and i think I think we've got some, some work to do as humanity, and I think it's time that uh, we step back and evaluate the culture behind the music. Mm. So the people that make things for musicians, the people that work with musicians day in and day out, and kind of sit back, hey, are we really okay with this still being the status quo? And not for us to be the, the culture police and be like, oh, you can't say that, you can't make that joke. It's mm. not what we're, we're trying to accomplish. What we're trying to accomplish is starting a conversation and saying, Hey, like, pedal flipping. How do we feel about that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, like that advertisement where you talk, um, where a specific gender or people group is represented a certain way. How do we feel about that? Or like, oh, here's another, here's another lineup of all male dudes. That was redundant. Uh, of like the just the whole lineup <laughs> when there's some great bands uh, with some female frontmen, uh, and of course the industry has been moving along that direction but we want to see what we can do to kind of give it a little jolt and be like hey we're listening we're yeah. here mm -hmm. we're present and we care yeah we yeah. deeply care we're willing to put our money where our mouth is we're willing to even if we like a product that someone puts out if they're very disrespectful towards one on social media we're just not going to buy it yeah that's yeah. just the bottom line and bring up that conversation in 
that's kind of where we want to head with it. I mean, and it's been said a lot. Fender did that whole study, found out that 50% of the people who buy new guitars are women. Mm. Those women, they need other gear. They're going to need yeah. cables, pedals, amps. So what are these makers doing to make sure that they're acknowledging this huge opportunity that they've missed for years? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, working, I worked at Guitar Center for a couple of years, and I can't tell you the number of times that I... Uh, heard a manager say, oh, we got another bad review on Yelp from a woman who came to the store and mm -hmm. felt ignored or pandered. Um, and that just kind of like, oh, that that's the store I work at. That kind of hurts. Or mm -hmm. um, Something that I noticed as I was preparing to leave the company and reflecting on um, kind of what are things I'd noticed and trends and things that I can take away. And one of the things I noticed is a lot of the phone calls I got were from women um, saying, hey, do you have this in soccer? Can you tell me more about this? I didn't necessarily see that many of them in store, though. Mm -hmm. And something that in training they talk about is um, women do a lot of online buying. And so the studies have shown that they buy a lot more online because they're not willing to go to stores. So my takeaway from that is like, oh, well, was I was that an employee who made women feel more comfortable? Um, um, people uh, Made all people feel comfortable in the store. And I'd like to think that I, I did, but how can I continue to push culture in that direction? So... Guitar Center as a company is aware of that. There's some great management that's trying to train employees to be better about that and mm. to not put up with any employee who does treat someone disrespectfully um, or ignorantly. And so they're taking great steps towards that, and it's really great to see. I just want to see more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Keep it coming. Don't stop. Yeah. I mean, you go to a store sometimes, and you would go to buy cables, and they ask you, are you sure? Are you sure these are the ones he needs? Oh. Well, this is the one she needs. Yeah. So, I mean, that's still a real thing that happens, and it happens less, but it's always an adventure going to um, a gear show or mm -hmm. walking into a guitar store I've never been to. Most of them are pretty good mm -hmm. um, in Seattle where I've been, but uh, I remember when I lived in Ohio, I would drive to a store much farther away with a lot less stuff just because the, the guys who work there were so much nicer to me, mm -hmm. treated me with so much more respect and were attentive and helpful versus ignoring me. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And then that's not the only topic. I mean, we talked yeah. with you today about uh, flipping and we want to get into other topics and moving out and cloning and moving forward. Um, it's just a general, like, what's the culture and what are we okay with and what are we choosing to ignore just because, oh, so-and-so well, he's been in the industry for a while. We're just going to let that one go. Yeah. Um, and just kind of asking those questions. And so that leads us to the name. And so offset in the guitar world has the meaning of just like that body that's kind of offset. Mm -hmm. But moving outside of the world is kind of set something off from its center uh, or to kind of like offset, well, to offset something. And so we thought it was a nice play on words to say, let's be, get offset. Yeah. We want to offset not necessarily disrupt, but we just want to offset and just kind of ask those questions. Yeah. Let's offset this industry. And, hey, like, for those who want to listen and be a part of this conversation, we welcome you. If, if there's people that don't want to be a part of this conversation, we're not going to force it. We're not going to we're not going to be getting into everybody and saying, oh, you're doing this wrong. If you don't want to be a part of this conversation, that's fine. Yeah. It's your right to do so. But I think there's much more, many more people in this industry that want to have this conversation who have already voiced when they hear about, oh, you're doing this? Oh. Why hasn't someone done that before? And I think this is really going to take off. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Yeah.
Grandma shirt. All right. Well, thank you so much for having us over today, Rick. It's yeah, been a pleasure. Yeah. Well, let's uh, demo some pedals. Yeah. Let's, yeah, do, let's it. do it. All right. I need to look left for a little while.